0: The following podcast is a Dear Media production.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, your shortcut to being more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren Goodwin, and I've personally experienced the power of LinkedIn. First, when I was a job searcher and I used it to have informational interviews, which led me to a recruiting job at Hulu. And then, while I was a recruiter and I used it all day, every day to find and hire candidates. The secret? An optimized LinkedIn profile. But what does optimize mean and how do you do it? It's all a bit of a secret, but today we're joined by LinkedIn expert, Jeremy Schiefling to share insider tips on exactly how to optimize your profile, why it matters so much, and the hacks we know will get you noticed. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Hi, Jeremy. Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me here, Lauren.
1: So, can you briefly introduce yourself and exactly how you became a LinkedIn expert and the LinkedIn guy?
0: Great question. You know, I definitely wasn't born this way. Like a lot of people sort of stumbled into this just through the mistakes that I made as a job seeker. So, someone who started his career as a kindergarten teacher, didn't know the first thing about the business world or the hiring world, and then ultimately had this job at LinkedIn where I started to say, whoa, There is this whole world behind the scenes of recruiters and hiring managers and what really happens to your application after you apply online that no one knows about. No one certainly tells you about in school. And so I want to pull back that curtain and share those secrets with others.
1: Yeah. I had a similar experience. I was a recruiter at Hulu and I was the LinkedIn point person. And that was when I really learned about the algorithms and how it's working. And then to your point, how it was working on our side of the table, how we were searching for profiles and saving them and recruiting for them. And as someone who had never... I always applied for jobs. I never had jobs come to me. So just that was very shocking. So yeah, so, so what, tell people what you're doing right now because you mentioned you were working at LinkedIn. So kind of give them a little bit of history of your career path, I guess.
0: Yeah, for sure. So you know, after working at LinkedIn, I actually kept teaching people about LinkedIn even after I left the company. Just because like you said, people are so curious and there's a lot of mystique and mystery around how it actually works. And so now I actually train tens of thousands of students a year on how to use it. And my co-author and I, who I met at LinkedIn, just came out with a brand new book all about how to take advantage of LinkedIn's kind of hidden tools.
1: Yeah. And these are hidden tools. I mean, we're going to focus on the job seeker today or people who are maybe not actively job seeking, but passively job seeking. But I have found also as a business owner, LinkedIn is a great place to find new business. When I was in the process of one of my famous stories that everyone's probably sick of hearing on this podcast is I use LinkedIn to have informational interviews to learn about becoming a recruiter, leverage those for a job. So I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. I have personally seen its powers, but let's kind of, for someone who's maybe still a skeptic on that, why does LinkedIn matter more now than ever before?
0: Yeah, great question. And I think the first thing that folks have to do to really get it is to understand that even though LinkedIn looks like yet another social network, you know, another Facebook or Twitter that we have to you know, constantly be on, it's actually much more like a tool. If you think about your resume as a tool or your cover letter as a tool, LinkedIn is like a tool on steroids, which is all about getting access to opportunity, not just a place to waste time. And to really understand the power of it, think about the fact that on the other side of LinkedIn, there's this army of Laurens out there at every company you want to work for who are looking for you, people with your talent and your skill set, And if you don't make yourself visible in the right ways, they can't find you. So it's really incumbent upon you to get yourself on there and do it in the right way.
1: Yeah, I like to say, you know, there's that old saying like, our job isn't gonna come knock on your door. And I'm like, oh, but it will if you're on LinkedIn. Like you can have these opportunities come to you, when you have an optimized LinkedIn profile. And I think one of the keys here to your point about LinkedIn, they do have a little mystery about them. I wish they wouldn't make it so hard to understand this, but once you know how the algorithm works or what it's looking for, you can kind of work backwards to make sure that profile is optimized. So I know I'm kind of jumping ahead, but before we talk about the profile and the things that people need to know with that, LinkedIn, I feel like has changed a lot (laughs) recently. I mean, I'm sure when you and I first started, it was really simple. So what's new with LinkedIn? in 2022 or coming out in the future that we need to be paying attention. That, like these new features that actually matter.
0: Yeah, for sure. And again, that's a big thing that I really focus on is I was a marketer at LinkedIn. My job was to give you all the sizzle and dazzle of this is why you've got to use XYZ new feature. But the reality is there are really only two parts of LinkedIn that matter to job seekers. Number one, there's the defensive side, having a great profile that recruiters are going to find. And then there's the offensive side, going out there and networking with people exactly the way Lauren just described it. And so the stuff that matters here in 2022 is largely that same stuff, but there are a couple of tweaks. So the first thing is LinkedIn has been changing a lot along with the changing world of work. So two years ago, there was no major job board in the world to search for remote jobs. Fast forward two years, right there at the top of the LinkedIn job search engine, you can say, I want only remote jobs. And as of this morning, there were 200,000 of those in America alone. Wow. So if you've ever wanted that, it's out there and it's findable on LinkedIn. And then all the way to the end of the job seeking process, a lot of folks think LinkedIn is only about applying for jobs or finding opportunity. But to close the job, you have to win the interview. And LinkedIn has a brand new AI powered interview prep tool where you can actually answer the most common interview questions and then get automatic feedback from their AI on how fast are you speaking? Are you using filler words? Are you changing the tone of your voice? And so ultimately, if you want to not just find a great job, but get that job, LinkedIn now has tools for that too.
1: Yeah. The other tool I really like is now you can let recruiters know that you're open to opportunities. So as a recruiter, just to give some people some background, we would send messages to people and sometimes they would never get back to, sometimes they would. So not only can you let us know, which makes your profile show up at the top of our search results actually a lot faster because they want success, right? LinkedIn wants us to successfully hire people, but you can do it in a way where it's secretive. So other people don't know. And I think that's just like such a nice passive job searching tool that it's literally a button you click, and I know people and I feel like out of all their fancy features, they didn't really talk as much about that, and I personally love that. I also really love that now they're including things about taking career breaks and they're trying to yeah. normalize some stuff like they they definitely, I feel like are listening to what people are saying is changing. when a lot of people were being laid off, people probably remember the green circle of open to work, so right. huge fan with some of that stuff, but those are those are some great tools. And I um,
0: actually have a question for you if you on know, my Lord. Yeah. When you were recruiting at Hulu, how many emails did you have to send every month on average?
1: Well, so we shared seats, yeah. which you're not supposed to do. So the way it works, you guys, is you buy like recruiter seats. And those seats get a certain amount of messages that you could send. So I personally was allowed to send, I think, up to like 100 or something like that. And it was really which is actually easy. actually
0: not that many because you're it's probably not- juggling... Tons no,
1: and I was a university recruiter. So a lot of my recruiting was done at a university, which is why I got the fewest seats, but, or the fewest in-mails. But you can, so that people know, recruiters can create folders and we can create templates and we can send out basically mass emails to people who fit the criteria of what we're looking for. And when people tell you they are are not looking, you can sort it. I mean, it's it's an incredible tool. It's very expensive, which is why the average person isn't using it unless they work for a company. But yeah, so I, I wasn't sending as many as like my colleagues were on there all day, every day. Like that was their sourcing tool right, for right. sure.
0: And the reason I bring that up is because I want folks to know they often think that recruiters are all powerful. You know, they have this expensive $10,000 a year tool. Yeah. But even then there are limits. And so that means you got to be really picky as a recruiter with who you reach out to. And you got to make yourself as a candidate easy to be chosen. So make yourself open to work, plug into your recruiter's company, make sure you're following them online, because those are all filters that recruiters can apply to make you rise to the top of their list. So make it for them to say yes to you.
1: That's a really good point because if we only have so many emails we can send, we want to send them to the people who we think are going to respond. So even yes. if you're not interested in a job, always respond, hey, I'm not looking right now because your response rate for the LinkedIn algorithm makes it so that you will show up in more search results. I love this. This is like full of little hacks. What's the top thing on your profile that you focus on? Or not? maybe not you personally, but you tell people who work with you to focus on?
0: Yeah, it's 100% the headline. I know it's easy to ignore because it's this little piece of text right below your name and your profile photo, which people obsess over way more. But the reality is, is that LinkedIn's algorithm, like Google's algorithm, is all driven by keywords. When Lauren types in, I need a software engineer or a product manager, if you don't have those things on your profile and specifically in your headline, you're invisible to the algorithm. And so the headline is really critical because LinkedIn knows how the game is played We love to stuff our resume full of keywords and skills and all this stuff. But your headline is limited to just 160 characters, which is shorter even than a tweet today. So it gets extra weight in the process because it's more of a condensed, authentic signal of who you really are and what you can do.
1: Hello, beautiful people. It's Renee Blewett, and I am your host for the She Did That podcast. Have you ever wondered how your favorite women founders are building these beautiful brands and legacies? Whether you're an aspiring entrepreneur already on your journey, or just someone who wants to learn from the best to ever do it, this is the podcast for you. Every week, I'll introduce you to powerhouse entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators who are carving their own paths with love, resilience, and bold ambitions. Be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss a thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And before we get into some hacks on how to optimize the profile, we talked about connections and networking. How do you get a ton of LinkedIn connections faster? How do you use it best for networking? Which, you know, one thing I I will say I don't love about LinkedIn today versus when I was using it, which was back in like 2010 to find a job and connecting... There was way less salesy stuff, way less spam. I feel like now I mean, it used to be totally acceptable to accept every connection because you weren't going to get spammed by them. So let's talk about connections and networking with LinkedIn in 2022.:
0: Yeah, so here's the interesting thing. People expect me as this LinkedIn guy to be like, "Oh, have
1: a bazillion connections."
0: I don't believe in that. But what I do believe in is getting credit for the people that you actually do know in the real world. So question for you, Lord. How many people do you think the average person knows across the course of a lifetime, say?
1: no, oh, that's tough. I don't know. 500,
0: 100. Well, it turns out, based <laughs> on some research that's been published in the New York Times, it's actually about 10,000.
1: Oh my God, um, I'm so, I clearly <laughs> don't have a social life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've got more than 10,000 people in the course of a year. Yeah. And then,
0: as someone who's actually looked at a lot of profiles, you probably know the answer to this. What is the average number of connections that a LinkedIn user has on the Like
1: 5,000.
0: More like 50.
1: Oh my so here's God. here's disconnect.
0: <laughs> we know 10,000 people, but we only have 50 of them who are plugged into us on LinkedIn. And now let's go back to that, that recruiter screen that Lauren was talking about. The recruiter screen prefers to show people who are connected into your company because it's easier for Lauren to reach out to you and find someone in common and sort of do a little background check on you. And yet you might know 10 people, but if they're not plugged into you on LinkedIn, you don't get credit. Yeah. So before you go willy-nilly connecting with strangers, just follow the simple hack. Go to your My Network tab at the very top of the page and say, hey, instead of just connecting one by one, which could take forever, could take a lifetime, frankly, why not import your address books? And what is Gmail but a digital archive of everyone that you've ever known? And then instantly get credit for all the people that you do know already before you connect with one stranger.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And then, you know, what I recommend for people is once you've narrowed down some companies you're interested in, or maybe the type of jobs you want to go for next, reach out to those specific people, whether it's for informational interviews or now to your point, just adding them as connections because you're more likely to get reached out to by a recruiter. Let's say your dream company is Slack. So connect with some people at Slack because those recruiters at Slack are more likely to have your profile show up in their search results, right? Exactly. Wow. These are like, t- it's it's funny because again, LinkedIn is very secretive about this kind of stuff. But if you can follow these hacks, you you can, I remember when I did it as an experiment for Career Contessa and I increased my profile views in a 30 day period by like 300% wow. when I did like the headline that this and that we're about to talk about some of these hacks. But more of this stuff. I didn't even do these things. And it was such a massive increase. Okay. So let's talk about, you had five LinkedIn profile hacks that will optimize your profile for recruiters and and really for all networking. Cause to your point, once you increase your network, you start getting reached out to by other people. So it's kind of a simple thing to do. So what's your first hack?
0: Yeah. So hack number one is all about understanding your audiences. I used to be a kindergarten teacher. Now I'm a tech marketer. In either case, you got to know who you're talking to, right? Yeah. And so your audience on LinkedIn is really twofold. Yes, number one, it's definitely the Lorne's of the world, the people who are going out there trying to find your talent. But it's also their trusty steed, which is the LinkedIn algorithm. Because without that, it's tough to look through 800 million profiles. So you got you to please both audiences. Now, in terms of the algorithm, I'll give you hacks two and three, which are all about what does the algorithm care about? Well, we already talked about hack number two, which is the idea that the headline matters more than anything else. So definitely start there. And a lot of people will say, You know, Jeremy or Lauren, I really want to be a product manager, but I'm a data analyst today. How can I call myself a product manager in the headline? Any guesses, Lauren, how you can sort of square that circle, so to speak?
1: Mm, Aspiring product, like data analyst, aspiring product manager. Exactly
0: right. You know, LinkedIn doesn't care about the modifier. All it knows is you have the exact keyword in the exact right section.
1: Ding, ding, ding. You're on the radar.
0: So even if you're changing careers, signal where you want to go next.
1: Yeah. I also like using the little line. So for example, I've told people, let's say you're a data analyst and you want to be a product manager. You would be like, find all the keywords related to a product manager. So maybe it's product. Let's just pretend it's product manager and a program manager. Cause you're kind of open to both of those. You would do data analyst and then like a line program manager, a line, and then you could put in your summary, like I'm aspiring to those things. So I also really love the whole just like keyword stuffing in the headline a little bit. I don't know how you feel about that. Maybe it's better to do like the aspiring product bander, but I'm a big fan of like find the keywords. And if you need to use that little line symbol on your computer and separate it that way or a comma or whatever you want, but like the goal is to get as many keywords into that headline, right?
0: Oh yeah. I love those pipes.
1: Yeah, basically break apart. Yeah. And I think the only catch is that,
0: again, come back to the the Lauren, the recruiter in this perspective. If you have a bunch of things that go together, like data analyst, data scientist, okay, that makes sense. Those are very similar roles with shared skills. If you say, however, data analyst, salesperson, and culinary master... Now a lot of red flags go up for Lauren because she's like, wait a second, are you really serious about
1: any of these? I
0: don't know if you're focused, so.
1: Yeah, exactly. I agree. You got to filter through to your point who your audience is. Okay, so the headline, and then I interrupt you. What was your next one? Oh, yeah. So hack number
0: three, going back to the algorithm, is it's not just purely about the job title, although that's your most important keyword. It's also about the skills that go along with it. So a savvy recruiter like Lauren's going to say, I don't just want a data analyst. I want someone who has SQL expertise, Python expertise, experience with machine learning. And she's going to apply those skill filters in LinkedIn Recruiter. So how do you know that these are your most important keywords? Well, you go to the job descriptions. Because even though we, as job seekers, tend to hate job descriptions, you know, they're long and wordy, hard to parse. If you plug them into a site like jobscan.co, it will look through them automatically and say, hey, here are the five most important keywords. And By the way, three of them are missing from your resume or from your LinkedIn profile. Now it's up to you to go back and fill in those gaps to so get credit for those skills.
1: That's incredible. So you can upload your resume and your LinkedIn profile against a job description that you want to apply to, to job scan, and it will tell you what's missing. Exactly. Oh, that is incredible. I, I feel it. So my hack has been to, for example, if you want to be a recruiting coordinator, go find five different job descriptions of a recruiting coordinator at similar companies and circle the words that are used in all those job descriptions, right? And so like I'm just doing this like really manually labor intensive way of doing it where you highlight okay, these these 10 keywords keep getting used in these job descriptions over and over again. That's how I've determined keywords, but JobScan is basically doing that job for you.
0: That's right. So like you could definitely take the word cloud approach. Let me dump 100 job descriptions yeah. into a word cloud and see what pops. But this actually applies it specifically against your resume or profile to get that extra layer of analysis.
1: And then what you can do is on your LinkedIn profile under the experience, you can make sure those keywords are included in the, like, the description or the bullet points related to That's that. That's right.
0: In fact, you can even flat out copy my about section on LinkedIn. Because again, I have those two audiences in mind. I have, you know, I'm a product marketer with a focus on ed tech, blah, 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 for the human recruiter. And then I have a specialty section where I flat out list all the skills a job scan is looking
1: for. I did that too. So what we're referring to you guys. So LinkedIn has your headline, which is your top, and then they give you a summary section. And then underneath they give you an experience section. So the job scan works really well when you're doing the experience section, the summary section and Jeremy, I'll link to your LinkedIn profile and mine in the show notes. Both of us write our abouts. And then we include this section called expertise or specialties. And you'll see their keywords stuffed with all the words that we want people to find. So that isn't amazing hack as well, because you might struggle to be like, how do I get these 20 keywords naturally written into this about section? It's hard to do that and can be awkward and forced, but you can just literally say specialties or expertise and do it that way. So I'll put, that's a really good idea. I'll put those links. So you guys have that example also in the show notes. Okay. What's your next hack?
0: Okay. So now let's switch sides. We've been talking a lot about the machine. Now let's talk about the actual person who's using the machine to get results, the human recruiter. So we know that We humans are a very visual species. As much as we appreciate a good keyword, we appreciate a picture even more. So there are two pictures that matter the most on your profile. Number one is definitely the profile photo, of course, because it's part of the holy trinity of LinkedIn. Your name, your headline, and your photo go everywhere you go on the site. So you gotta make sure it looks good. And it turns out that based on our own research at LinkedIn, recruiters are 14 times more likely to choose your profile if you have a photo. So all the folks who are kind of ghosting on LinkedIn, saying, oh, i got to keep it locked down, forget it. LinkedIn is the one site that breaks the rule for social networks, which is you want to be more open, you want to be more human, because that attracts other humans. And so if you want a really good tip, because you can get deep into the sociology of what do our facial expressions say? Is that a real smile, a Duchenne smile, a Botox smile, all these different things that psychologists do to understand how we sort of relate to each other? go to a site called snapper.com. So it's S-N-A-P-P-R, notice the missing E, dot com. And it will analyze your photo based on AI and the best social science research about human faces.
1: Huh. Wow. And what about the little background part? So, you know, now they allow you to put, I don't know what it's called, but your profile background image that can be, like I've seen companies will do something that maybe they encourage. As recruiters, we're always encouraged to kind of put that kind of stuff. So I remember we had something like that when I worked at Hulu. But so there's your profile photo and then there's that background photo. Yeah,
0: so that's my fifth and final hack, which is the cover photo. Very similar to Twitter and Facebook. They've all had those for a couple of years now. Basically a nice little background And so many people on LinkedIn just leave it blank. You know, just kind of a blue-gray wall, which does nothing for you. But again, this is a huge chunk of your most valuable real estate. Recruiter doesn't have to scroll a single pixel. It's right there when they land on your profile. And what is it saying about you? It's saying, I have nothing extra value to add. I have no personal brand that I'm trying to drive home. Or if you actually customize it, it can really sort of sing your particular focus to the rooftops. So what I recommend is a final hack is go to pexels.com, P-E-X-E-L-S.com, and you will find royalty-free photography that is absolutely drop-dead gorgeous. And so you can emphasize one of two things. I love to focus on your functional expertise. So for example, if you're a product manager and you're leading teams through whiteboard exercises all day long, have a beautiful photo of someone driving a whiteboard exercise. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, maybe you want folks to understand that you're really focused on a specific geographic area. I'm a Bay Area guy or a Seattle person. Find a gorgeous picture of, you know, the tower in Seattle or the Golden Gate Bridge in the Bay Area and really emphasize that that is part of your brand.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I'll make sure both of those are linked in the show notes as well so you guys can find them easily. What about just to kind of wrap up in terms of you know, optimizing your LinkedIn profile. We kind of started at the top, worked our way down, but there's these additional sections like license and certifications or publications, skills. How much of that is important? I mean, I think when people think of LinkedIn, they're like, okay, photo, headline, summary, experience. Like you for sure have to have those. What about the other ones? Do they matter that much?
0: Yes, yeah, so I'm going to speak for the algorithm and I'll let you speak for the recruiter, okay? Larry? Okay, Perfect. So on the algorithm side, they only matter in as much as they are vehicles for keywords. So the beautiful thing about the LinkedIn search is it does cover every section from your headline to your recommendations. So you are getting credit for all of that. But that being said, if you're stuffing in like patents and awards you got in middle school that don't have the keywords you want to focus on, they're probably not adding value from the algorithm perspective. What about from the human recruiter perspective one?
1: I agree with that. I think it, one if it's relevant. So I don't care what award you got in high school, but if you got an award that would be relevant to the career were recruiting for or that you want to transition into. I think that's helpful. I do. I used to feel more strongly about the recommendations. I think I've gotten a little less strong about that. Just, you know, back in the day, they were harder to get. And the idea was like, people are only going to publicly endorse you if they agree, you know, they think you're fantastic. So I think that became less for me. I do really like certifications and courses if you are transitioning careers. So when I think of people who are applying for a job, there's a storytelling aspect, especially if you're transitioning careers. And I like to say your resume should be the snapshot of what you have specifically done that is relevant to that job and company that you're applying for. Yes. But LinkedIn gets to tell your whole story. And so I do like those other sections because I think they can humanize a person and kind of help tell the story. And I think this is a big struggle for job searchers because they're like, well, I'm applying for all these different jobs. and my LinkedIn? Am I supposed to... Take tailor my LinkedIn for each job. Well, you can't. That's not the way LinkedIn works. And I will also tell you, LinkedIn knows that. And that's why they do have a profile because us as recruiters, when you have the same format, it means we can read your LinkedIn profile really fast because it doesn't, you know, it's not unique the way a resume is. I don't have to hunt and peck. And so I think... If those sections are relevant, if they add to your story, if they're kind of, again, to your point, not just there for keyword stuffing, then it's great. But like something people should keep in mind is the algorithm reads from the top down. So they're going to look for all the keywords you put in there. So it's not a bad thing to put that there. Just, you know, I I think, and this is the thing about career advice is like, it's always so personal and it's always like, it depends. But I, I think, again, going back to my experience, I would look at someone's LinkedIn profile first and then ask for a resume or vice versa. They would apply online. We'd look at their resume and then I would immediately go look at their LinkedIn profile. Like the, the two are complements of each other. Yeah. And one thing I think is very important is that you can't be having a weird identity crisis between the two things. Yes. Like pick, yes. pick what you want, but they, they have to be complements of each other.
0: Yeah. And let me actually offer one bonus hack on that final point. That is the biggest frustration of LinkedIn. that It has to be one size fits all. But for your lucky bilingual listeners out there, if there are folks who are, say, applying for a consulting job in New York City and a finance job in Sao Paulo, they can create a second profile in the upper right-hand corner that's dedicated to, say, Portuguese. And that profile can be night and day different versus the English-American one. So. I know it's a small slice of listeners, but you have that lucky bonus.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually, I didn't know you could do that. The other thing you can do with LinkedIn, I didn't know until, I don't know, a few years ago, is like you can personalize it. So, you know, if your name is really, really common, you can personalize your profile name. So you're not like sending this weird, you know, on your resume, it's like a weird mix of letters and numbers. I mean, they, they really do have a lot of tools. And then what about lastly, just the, you know, there are a lot of, tools to apply for jobs, the one-click apply. I have my opinions of this, but what are your thoughts on it? Have you seen successful people applying for jobs on LinkedIn or is it more the vehicle to network or have the recruiters reach out and then kind of do the application kind of on their sites?
0: Yeah, so my feeling, and I want to hear yours, Lauren, is that that's actually a red herring because if it's easy to apply for you, it's easy to apply for everyone, which actually increases the competition for those roles. And what I think the data is really clear about is at the end of the day, your best chances of getting a role are when you're referred by someone on the inside or just applying cold from the outside, no matter how you apply. And so rather than just apply crazily to a thousand jobs and never hear back, I'd rather have you focus on 10 where you build a relationship with someone on the inside, get that referral, increase your chances? What
1: do you think? Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I I actually think the one click apply is like the vein of our existence because it's like, I don't need a thousand of the wrong people applying. I need five of the right people applying. And it's also why people use applicant tracking systems a lot more is because if you see 2000 applications for a job, I can't go through 2000 individual resumes. So I'm going to use the machines I have at my disposal. So I think LinkedIn is a great tool to find the people who are working there or even follow the company, you know, follow your target company. So you know when a job posting comes up, because maybe you're not checking their job board every day. But personally, I still think the best way to apply for a job is apply through their online system, probably because they're going to make you anyways, but try to find a real person to send your resume to. Don't worry. If they get your resume, they're going to go find your LinkedIn or even better link to your LinkedIn in your email signature. You know, once you've optimized this, you should be promoting this everywhere you go. And it's only going to help you. I don't think it hurts to be adding more connections there. And if you want to get more involved, you know, LinkedIn obviously has all the, you could start a newsletter. You can just start posting. You can just start staying connected with people. So I like to tell people, once your profile is optimized, make it a point to spend 15 minutes on there every week, you know, just to make sure you're staying kind of up to date. And it's a great, like, I think, continuous networking tool also. And they make it easy to do that. So clearly, we're fans of LinkedIn. Yeah, if you guys I'm can't saying, get that. Just a little bit. <laughs> just a little bit. Well, Jeremy, these have been awesome tips. I think this is super helpful for people who want to, whether passive or actively job searching. I I, I cannot stress enough. I have seen firsthand the like before and after of optimizing LinkedIn, not to mention we both have been either on the marketing side or the Man. recruiting side. So we know it works. We know everyone's using it. So, where can people learn more about you and get more tools and resources on LinkedIn if they're like, this is going to be my project I want to work on?
0: Absolutely. So, we're actually in the midst of doing a crazy offer right now, which is we're giving away free LinkedIn profile reviews to anyone who checks out our book. So, that's head amazing. Over to, yeah, thejobinsiders.com. You can get that and that get started.
1: Okay. So we'll put a link to that also in the show notes, along with our profiles, some of the other tools you had mentioned, like job scan. I'm definitely going to check that out and just thank you so much. This is incredible. And you guys definitely take advantage of that because to have a professional check out your LinkedIn profile is usually something you have to pay for. (laughs) So that's great. Well, thank you so much, Jeremy. These are great.
0: Thank you, Lauren. And good luck to all your listeners out there.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa Podcast. Please don't forget to rate and review our show, especially on Apple Podcasts. It allows our show to be seen by more people, which then more people listen, which allows us to keep doing this. So thank you to all of you who do rate and review the show. We really appreciate it. I also want to share that we also have an online course all about LinkedIn. It's called the LinkedIn Lab, and we will show you step-by-step how to optimize your LinkedIn profile so that you can double your job leads. And of course, get more recruiters reaching out to you. Link in the show notes to access the course.